Where are you taking that? To Corazon. Corazon, uh, that doesn't compute. Oh, wait, um, you're under arrest. Whenever you gamble, my friend, eventually you'll lose. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Chris, we're back with the Star Wars episode one uh, worst character bracket. And it's funny because we're doing two back to back brackets about things that are not necessarily in the direct zone of Disney, but are, are Disney adjacent. And both have been very, very humbling experiences for me. Because every time that we talk about these things, I learn just how little I actually know. So much so that last episode, uh, I lost almost every single tie bracket, uh, tiebreaker when trying to fight for the worst character. I'm not, I'm even I'm downplaying these people to move them on as the worst, and I'm still losing. So I've got a lot to learn here in the Star Wars universe. That it's 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 mayhem. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the cards are are stacked a little bit against you. Me and Q have have spent many, many, many college nights sure. uh, talking about the Star Wars prequels and, and how uh, how much we dislike uh, you know, some elements of them. We uh we have uh, our buddy Andre who was on our best Star Wars battle bracket. He uh he is like a vehement Star Wars prequels enjoyer. Okay. Uh, so one of our one of our favorite things to do is is have a few beers and just start talking prequels and then just uh, let the chaos ensue. That happened uh, when we were in Chicago last fall. We, we were uh, we were getting a little heated talking about uh, <laughs> talking about episode one. So it's always a fun time. But he's back. Andrew's back uh, for for part two. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us again. It's good to be back, guys. Um, one thing I do have to say, I mean, we are making fun of this movie for like, I mean, combining the two podcasts, like over three hours. <laughs> I do like this movie. This is my favorite prequel, which is like kind of a hot take. But I I probably hate this the least because mm. like, as I said in last week's show, at least there's like some interesting scenes and it moves so quickly. So. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 characters are weird and wild, but in in a way it it captures your attention uh somewhat. So it it just it feels so distinct a lot of people that uh I hear talk about, you know, in what order would you tell someone to watch the Star Wars movies uh if they had never seen a Star Wars before. And and a lot of people will say like just don't even watch episode 1 until you're done with everything else because it's really kind of, it, it kind of exists independently. There's not a lot in episode one that carries over into any of the remaining movies. Uh, at least as of the recording of this episode, uh, there isn't, <laughs> but uh, we've seen Darth Maul pop up 
uh, in places and uh, who knows, we could get a Watto series at some point or uh, yeah, Queen Amidala political drama. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about while watching this was imagine like, you know how like the A New Hope, the original Star Wars, like every line has like become some sort of like spinoff series or, you know, the Kessel Run was like prominent in Solo where it's like every lot of the clone and they mentioned clone wars that the whole series like imagine them doing that with this movie and, <laughs> and this characters where they just have spinoffs for like all the pod racers and everything it would just be i mean maybe they'll eventually do that who knows with disney at this point i want a, a c3 c3po spinoff that's called my parts are showing yeah. Uh, based off of his line in this first film. I, I think yeah. that's the the spin-off series we need for C three PO. I wanna see I wanna see like a, a Captain Panaka like cops style like <laughs> mockumentary series where he's just rolling around a feed and being like, uh, excuse me, uh what's going on over here? It's like Reno nine one one but Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh Chris, before we get into this, I want to make somewhat of a housekeeping announcement. Uh, as you're listening to this, uh, this episode is releasing on February 20th. Uh, we've got Disney Trivia Night for Jerry's Gang coming up this Sunday, February 26th. Uh, we usually do it around 6 or 7 p.m. Check Jerry's Gang. That's when we'll we'll post the time. But we've got another trivia for the gang. So if you want to join Jerry's Gang and get in on some Disney trivia, uh, we've got Beauty and the Niece. Team Beauty and the Nice, who are defending back-to-back-to-back champs that are going to try and come for another prize. Uh, we've talked about it at the end of some shows. We have quite, we have quite the prize for the winner this time around. Very excited to, to give this thing away. Uh, come join us. It's a lot of fun. No pressure. Low stakes. Just some friends hanging out. Sometimes Tess hosts a little power hour beforehand if you want to get a little, little boozy before getting onto the trivia. It's a lot of fun. So join at the $5 level. You can play the trivia and then you can cancel if you want. We just want some some folks in the in the trivia gang. Andrew's been there before. He's he's joined us for trivia. Uh, it's a good time. So February 26th, 6 or 7 p.m. Check Jerry's gang for the actual time. And we hope to see you there. Uh, but Chris, let's let's move on here. Let's let's talk a little spoonful of sugar, talking about getting a little pussy before trivia. Uh, what are you drinking? Well, uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm not getting boozy, but I am getting a little woozy. Mm. Uh, it's my absolute f- uh, favorite thing to do uh, when we record on a weeknight. It is it is pop a little sleeping pill before uh, before <laughs> we hit record on episode two, uh, and hopefully, I'm able to just 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 sleep, just fall asleep. We go drift right into dreamland mm. uh, after this episode is over. Uh, t- today's uh, uh, pill of choice was melatonin, a little melatonin gummy. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to go ahead and call it the Darth Molotonin, uh, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, just, just hopefully it gives me a, a nice peaceful sleep after talking about all these weird space aliens. Uh, hope we're, hope we're chilling. Kyle, what do you, what do you got today? Uh, I also have myself a little, uh, sleepy pill, but it's a little sleepy juice. Then that's called red wine. I've got a little glass of red wine here. It's going to be nice to go to sleep right after this, after drinking some. And I'm going to, I'm not going to name it, but it's going to be in, in honor of Shmi Skywalker because she's looking like she could use a glass of wine in a lot of these scenes. 
Uh, she needs a little break. She needs to sit down on the couch, watch a little TV, have a little glass of wine, take a load off because she's looking stressed. She has a hard life. And uh, this is this go, one goes out to Shmi. So red wine for me. Uh, Andrew, what are you drinking? So in honor of Star Wars and specifically Tatooine, I have two blue moons. There it is. Hey. <laughs> there we there go. it is. So if you can see on video, I'm holding up the two blue ones. <laughs> Love that. That's Love that. awesome. Nice touch. Yeah. Nice touch. Uh, just to just to remind everyone, uh, the demographic we surveyed to get our original field of 16 Star Wars Episode One characters uh, that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we surveyed Rise of the Resistance role players at Disneyland. Uh, that is folks who hop on that Rise of Resistance ride where the cast members, so talented, uh, get into the character of uh, First Order officers. Uh, and there are some guests that they like to play along with the game too. Uh, they get they get into character themselves. They get into the into the mindset of a uh, Resistance escapee. And we uh, pulled those folks aside uh, in the queue or after the ride. And we said, hey, got to ask you a question. What is the worst Star Wars Episode One character? We got a field of 16 Episode One characters. We broke it down last episode. Uh, and we uh, we left things off with the, with the round of eight that looks something like this. It's the number one seed Jar Jar Binks versus the number eight seed, the Battle Droids. The number four seed Qui-Gon Jinn versus the number five seed, the Nemoidians. The number two seed Anakin Skywalker versus number 10 Fode and Bede. And the number three seed Queen Amidala versus number 11 Sebulba. Kyle, why don't you start things off today? Yeah, so the number one Jar Jar Binks versus the number eight Battle Droids. And I sang the praises of the Battle Droids in the last episode because I think they're they're pretty great. I think they're pretty funny. I like that they're kind of these bumbling idiot things that just let the Jedi show off their lightsaber skills. That's That's really what they're there for, right? Like most of their entire existence is so that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon can go twirl around, super jump, use the force, flex their skills for the first time that we're seeing them. And we need a target. And the target are these droids that, as Chris described, Lucas describing them as uh, soft as butter. So I think that like in all of my watching of these movies, I mean, this has got to be the second time in my adult life. And it's all because of this podcast that I've watched this film. Um, I don't mind them because I feel like there's so many other like worse characters in this uh, film in totality. And one of those is Jar Jar Binks. And you don't quite understand just how intrusive Jar Jar is until you're rewatching this with your adult eyes. And it's just nonstop. There's not even a moment in which he can just like sit there, be still, be quiet, not be moving around the scene. Like he is always moving. He is always talking. He is always just doing the most absurd things. He he speaks like a four-year-old. Like this, it feels like they crafted this, you know, dialect of English so that the four-year-olds in the audience can lock in and be like, I love this film. I need all of the Jar Jar. I need all of the toys. And it's like, boom, we got them. We got them with the worst, with the worst character in the world, uh, and and now they're going to be Star Wars loyalists till the day that they die, right? And so, as an adult, that is really frustrating to see because a lot of what this 
franchise was built on was this kind of mystery, this this kind of danger, this unknown, and then to be introduced to this very watered down clown of a character is frustrating. Uh, and then you go back and watch the original trilogy, and it's there's still some bumbling, goofy dialogue and things that just don't land. But like, there's not an intrusive character like a Jar Jar who's bumbling around, getting stuck in things, stepping in poop and letting us know about it, getting burped and farted at. Like, we don't need all of that. There's some points that you made about the battle droids last time that I um that resonated with me though, as far as like worst character and that's that they exist but for they don't pose a threat and like that is a big reason why this film doesn't work is because there feels like there never is a true threat until you see Darth Maul and he's a threat because we just don't know what he's capable of until the very last minute which is what makes I think a, a good villain a good villain but like we're supposed to be worried about these droids and and they're the army for this takeover and they they're and yet they're small and they can't use guns and and they're failing at doing the most simple of tasks and so it's like you have all of this technology you have all of this power and you're willing to run out this army of these droids to go do your bidding like even their existence doesn't really make sense, uh, especially if you're trying to take over not only just a planet, but in turn, hopefully the galaxy if you're Palpatine. So like none of this really makes sense as, a, as the battle droids. But the fact that they don't feel as intrusive to me as, as a Jar Jar character does makes me feel like they are the least worse of this matchup and Jar Jar still t- overpowers them. So I'm going to go with the one seed here, Chris. Yeah, I mean, as you're describing it, it's kind of hitting me that, like, in my little kid brain, it made sense that the battle droids were, like, a primitive sort of army because, like, the, the stormtroopers are, like, the modern-day army. Uh, and then, like, the the clone troopers were, like, the next step in, like, the army advancement. And the battle droids, they're just, like, uh, kind of useless because they're older. But, like, they're not that much older a b we're on spaceships that can travel yeah, millions of light years in a matter of seconds <laughs> and you're telling me you couldn't create like a, a competent robot army or like uh you couldn't give them any kind of like special armor that was and i think they had the droidicas that had like force fields in them too yeah that, like why don't you just put that on all of them make, like, make more of those <laughs> It's not in the budget. No. Budget, yeah. They couldn't afford the droidic. They could only afford like three for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. The thing that is kind of like really easily overlooked is that they like, yes, they have this, like they're individually, they are stupid. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned like the, the droid that Qui-Gon's like, we're going to Coruscant. And he's like, oh, duh, does not compute. You said it was sarcasm. I don't think that was sarcasm. Oh, I think he dude. was straight up like it supposed was so to be sarcasm. like an idiot droid. You got to have no, big brain. Not. You got to have big brain watching that scene to understand that that was sarcasm. He was playing he was playing the no sarcastic way. cop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Run it back. Go run it back. I'm I truly that believe credit. that was like that was like a dumb joke. Um, <laughs> but 
but but they they have like a they have a hive mind too uh, because there's a line that Padme says where they say without the viceroy they will be lost and confused uh, when they're talking <laughs> about capturing Newt Gunray uh, and like it no not killing Newt Gunray just capturing him uh, will make the battle droids lost and confused. Uh, I don't know how uh, that will make them lost and confused. It it would make sense if like the the viceroy was like part cyborg, like he was the Borg queen uh, in Star Trek, and like if you, you I don't know kill the the queen bee, then the worker bees don't know where to go. Like whatever <laughs> that makes sense, but like by all accounts, the viceroy is just like some guy. Uh, does he have a special remote control? I I don't know. Uh, but that like that is a critical design flaw. I feel like in in the battle droid tech, Jar Jar Binks is an obstruction, and and the thing is like there are few moments in this movie where I feel like, yeah, Jar Jar definitely added to that scene. Or like <laughs> yeah, even you know even like oh yeah, Jar Jar definitely advanced the plot here in like a real positive way. Uh, it's all just like him getting into trouble, making things worse. I'm thinking of when he decided to like uh, randomly eat the like frog amphibian off of that man's like food cart on in Mosispa. Like Jar Jar is just out here committing theft uh, and (laughs) Sababa has to take it upon himself to, uh, to administer some justice here. Like Uh Jar Jar, what are you doing, bro? (laughs) Like all you got to say is like, you quite gone. Oh, I'm hungry. Hey, can we pull over I real want quick? Food. I need a little some, a little snacky. But there is, I did actually, I did manage to find one moment that Jar Jar is relatable. Oh, uh, and that is when when Padme is like, he, they board the ship, and Padme's like, "You're a Gungan from Naboo, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "How did you get here?" And he was like, "Bro, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was just like." I was just like walking and all of a sudden these Jedi's swoop on me. I don't I'm like escaping a underwater monster in the planet core and I'm on a spaceship and like now I'm here. Like I have no idea how I got here. And I, and I'm thinking the same thing in this movie. I'm like god damn, this happened fast for me too. <laughs> And, and like there are moments in in life in general that 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 happens, you know, where like you go out Maybe you're you're like, yeah, let's go out to the bars tonight. And then like all of a sudden it's 2 a.m. And you're like, what I just choices got, did we make? I just got Jar Jar tonight. Straight, what went straight Jar Jar. Uh, I appreciated that little moment of like self-awareness uh, of Jar Jar, the character and of the movie. Are you saying Jar Jar is like an avatar for real life? He's like a symbol <laughs> like <laughs> of a, co- a college student, a drunk college student, maybe. <laughs> He's had a little bit few the, too many. He's just like, how did I get here? The, the the specific human I thought of was Kadim because that is like a total a total Kadim situation where we'd be like, dude, where are you right now? And he'd be like, I don't know. I'm in San Luis Obispo right now. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? You were like, you went you went next door to get one beer. Like, what? I'm walking on the freeway right now. I don't know how. 
I think I'm like no pun intended. I think I'm going to stick to my guns here and advance mm. the battle droids. I think one of the most critical flaws of Star Wars Episode One is the way that they botched the villains. Uh, and like, yeah, Jar Jar is annoying, but like, it's par for the course in a way. Like, C-3PO is not innocent in this scenario, and he had a lot of those Jar Jar-like moments in the original Star Wars trilogy. So, like, the idea that someone's there for comic relief and it's annoying, like, there's, there are grounds for that. Jar Jar dials it up to uh, 19 out of 10, but uh, the villains are such an important part of a movie, and especially such an important part of Star Wars. So the battle droids, I think, are, are frustrate me a whole lot. So I'm advancing them. Andrew, you got a big tie break here. Oh, this is a tough one because I, I said in the last episode that uh, <clears throat> I, I do not like the battle droids for everything you just said. Um, and are we, we're not counting the droidicas as the battle droids, right? They're kind of a separate thing. I mean, I, they are separate, but on the other hand, in this movie, we don't really know. They, they're not separate at the same, like they don't demonstrate many other qualities it's not like the droidicas are smarter than the regular droids, right? Like they don't. Well, they're just kind of like killing machines. They're like terminators almost. Whereas right. like the droids like can talk and everything and take orders. So sure. Sure. I, I don't sure. know. So Jar Jar, I, I had, a, he reminded me. So like so much of what he does is just so random. Like there's one, the scene where they like, they go to Coruscant for like five minutes in actual movie time after they spent all that time getting there. And then they leave to go, to go back to Naboo. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> They're literally there for like one scene and then it's all right, we got to go back to Naboo. Um, <laughs> and he just screams like Wisa going home. And uh, just like, it reminded <laughs> me of, of uh, Chris uh, as a freshman lived in this dorm and this, this guy, this kid would just walk down the halls and just scream random things oh, no. like at all times. So like that, that that's Jar Jar. Basically he's just screaming random things. <laughs> um, shout out to, was it Wes? Was his name? Chris? Um, sure was. Yeah. Um, but oh God, I, I, again, I, I have to go with the battle droids as the worst character because yeah, Jar Jar is like a joke and, you know, is just a comedic device, but he doesn't really like affect the plot too. I mean, he does have kind of big parts in the battle sequence, but again, that's just all comic relief. Whereas like the battle droids, they take you out of the, the movie because they're so pathetic. You're never afraid of them. They just, the force push is so ridiculous and <laughs> you know, there's zero resistance. They, they just like, you you think like what, how is there an army of this? Couldn't like Qui Gon just force push like all of them, or he can the only entire do, like, way three? through? You yeah, just... <laughs> I, just, I just I just don't get it. So uh, I mean, I, I compare it to like something like the the MCU. Like they have their share of comic relief characters. Not I mean nothing close to as bad as Jar Jar Binks, but you know like in Infinity War when they have like the the dogs the yeah. that are attacking like those 
those things are like, you know, nasty and they have teeth and they're like taking down like cap and stuff. Like you actually, there's, they're mindless villains, but you actually like feel their weight. Whereas like this movie, there's nothing like, there's never a scene where the battle droids are doing anything like scary or like, you know, the overpowering. So I'm going to say the worst characters. This is a huge upset. I'm going to go with the, <laughs> The battle droids. Wow. <laughs> Down goes Jar Jar Binks. Damn. Uh, unreal. Unreal. Um, well, who will Jar Jar Binks face in the final four? It's the number four seed Qui-Gon Jinn versus the number five seed, the Nemoidians. Now, I, I really dislike both of these uh, characters, or I guess in the Nemoidians case, groups of characters. But I want to talk a little bit more about Qui-Gon Jinn. Okay. Uh, and talk about some of the decisions that Qui-Gon Jinn makes uh, and, and who he is as a man. I talked last week kind of about how he's, he's reckless. He's, he's a reckless decision maker, and he doesn't really seem to have like a plan. It's, it's not meth, meth, methodic? Methodical? Methodical. Methodical. It's not methodical. <laughs> uh, he's just going with the flow. And he actually like says that. Uh, at one point when they're going through the planet core in the bongo 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 i don't know mm. uh they're going through the bongo they're going through the planet core in the bongo and jar jar's <laughs> like this is this is insane we're going to die and, and qui-gon's like don't worry no 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 jar jar says where are we going mm-hmm. which like normal question to ask sure. when you get into a vehicle with anybody <laughs> and qui-gon says Qui-Gon says, don't worry, the force will guide us. I don't think that's how the force works. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's big, like, um, God, Tim Tebow, God's got it. Hey, God's got it. That's like his expression. Imagine like getting into your, (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. There it is. Imagine getting into your car and like having a destination in mind, but like not looking up how to get there and just being like, God's got it. (laughs) Like I will be, the Holy spirit will come through me and give me directions to where I'm trying to go. Actually, I don't even know where I'm going. Like I'm just going to start driving and, uh, and it'll, Jesus will just take me there. I'll end up somewhere. Uh, I don't, if that's happened to you before, I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, that is an <laughs> incredible level of spirituality achieved by only the likes of Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, he's, he's just, he, he makes stuff up as he goes along. Uh, he frees, he manages his guys out here just freeing slaves all over the place. But yep. Jar Jar Binks, Jar Jar Binks is arrested by Boss Nass and they're about <laughs> to lock up Jar Jar Binks and Qui-Gon says he pulls this out of his ass. He's like, um, Jar Jar actually, he owes me a life debt. Uh, and so he has to come with me now. And Boss Nass is just like, sure. Mm-hmm. Got Go it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, I'm just like, the thing is, Qui-Gon didn't even really need to say that. He could have just been like, look, this, like, this guy is annoying. We understand. Let us take him off your hands for yeah. you. You're probably never going to see him again. Just let him come with us. And Boss Nass would probably just be like, fine, get out of here. Yeah. Not my problem anymore. Yeah. Um, but Qui-Gon invents the concept of the life debt. <laughs> There's a, a little too comfy with the human trafficking in episode one here. 
There's, it's a little bit too comfy as a as a plot line in everything and decisions that are being made because, oh, he owes me his life. Oh, they're slaves, so they can't leave this planet. Like, what are we doing right now? Something to consider that has never come up in any Star Wars thing ever is the spread of disease. Do you think that they've just like eradicated illness in Star Wars? Because you would think that like a, a creature like Jar Jar, who is sort of like half animal in that like it lives underwater and it eats raw foods and it ha- has scales and like excretions and stuff like that. Uh, maybe it shouldn't be like traveling intergalactically. Uh, Does he need to be screened for any type of like uh, transmittable illness? I I, I I'm just saying you're putting way too much thought. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like this movie is, but Jar Jar Binks is just not that deep. (laughs) Let's let's reel it in a little bit. Then they're leaving shit in the street. (laughs) Not cleaning up the poopy. Not cleaning Um, up the poop. Are there toilets? But this is these are the. That was isn't there a whole like ah man I wish I remember where this was whether it was like a Reddit thread or it sparked an even bigger conversation with like some of the cast and the designers of um the original trilogy but where is the bathroom on the Millennium Falcon Have you ever heard about this like there was a whole discussion about like if they're on the ship forever. And we don't see any bathroom cuts. Obviously, we don't see any in films in general. But like, we've seen a lot of the Falcon. Where is the door to the bathroom? Um, and there was like a designer from the original trilogy who was like, we didn't design a bathroom, but if there was one, it would be in like this space. And that's the conversation we're having about disease and poop in the street right now. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if George Lucas was on Twitter to just like answer these questions. <laughs> Let's tweet at George from Mouse yeah. Madness asking him where the bathrooms are at and if disease people, is, yeah. is gone. People, from... people do that with J.K. Rowling. And she oh, yeah. Answers, like, legitimately. <laughs> like, J.K., we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know this. One other moment where Qui-Gon puts everyone's life in jeopardy is when they decide to flee Coruscant with one ship up against like dozens of trade federation battleships. <laughs> like <laughs> Qui-Gon has just been up there. He has seen this blockade with his own two eyes. Uh, and he, he, he puts not only his own life in jeopardy, but everyone's life aboard the damn ship in jeopardy. And he's just like, how should we, how should we escape this situation? Let's just go straight into it, baby. Here we go. Yeah. I don't don't like that uh, moment of recklessness in him. I talked about kind of like the the trading up element of how uh, Emperor Palpatine, Senator Palpatine, kind of trades up his way to uh, having stronger allies in in the galaxy, and the Nemoidians are just the start for him. Qui Gon has some has some uh, thriftiness of his own. Uh, on on Tatooine, Qui Gon Jinn is like the kid on the bus who his mom wouldn't buy him Yu Gi Oh cards, but he like found a Yu Gi Oh card in the trash can and somehow managed to turn it into a blue eyes white dragon in like a week. <laughs> 
because all he knew because he just knew how to like make trades with stupid people <laughs> uh, and like that is great for Qui-Gon in that he's like very I guess uh, I, I guess it's the upside of him not really having a plan is he's he's pretty good at improvisation and and seeing opportunities where where they pre- when they present themselves yeah um, and it obviously helps it obviously helps that like you're a dirty cheater too um, you know, when, when Watto leaves to bet, uh, to a dice roll, Qui-Gon decides to take his fate into his own hands, uh, yeah. and, and make that dice roll in the direction that, that he wants it to, uh, is that aspirational hero quality? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it is, it is definitely sus. Sure. Uh, I think at the end of the day, Qui-Gon definitely displays more like pirate traits than than Jedi traits. Uh, Jedis traditionally have a, a, a code uh, of conduct. They're, they're like monks and they are expected to behave in a certain way. And it's very clear that Qui-Gon um, marches to the beat of his own drum. Yeah. And, and he's, he, he's almost kind of like a Han Solo uh, character in, in his actions. And and the thing that that really is awful about Qui Gon is, I'm sorry, Liam Neeson's, but like <laughs> the way that he the the performance, it's just so it's so boring and like really uninspiring. It lacks character, and mm. like I could see a lot of these act like if 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 we put Johnny Depp into this this role. And he's being this kind of like swindler, scoundrelly uh, Jedi that walks the line. Like this might be sort of an interesting character, but the <laughs> way that Qui Gon, Qui Gon is just this like wise man who who seems to know every the, the outcome of every random event. Uh, it, it's just unrealistic and and weird and and hard to watch. The Nemoidians. Uh, they they're like the battle droids, very incompetent, uh, incompetent creatures. Yeah. Uh, I think the the one that I have heard most frequently is when in the very beginning when they try to poison Qui Gon and Obi Wan with the dioxin, uh, mm-hmm. a deadly gas that Qui Gon happens to know exactly what it is uh, when he the smells it. The minute it happens, which, <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's too late. Too late at that point, but uh, they survive the dioxin. Uh, they they leave the Jedi's in this room for like forty five seconds, uh, and and new gunray holograms like they must be dead by now. Destroy what's left of them. Like what? Like what is that gonna do? Exactly. Even if they even if they were dead, uh, what do you mean destroy what's left of them? Like <laughs> go, like go in there and like you shoot the dead bodies. Shoot. Like yeah. come on. They, they they had to have engineered like they were drinking they were drinking like tea that the, the yeah. little C three PO droid brought them like slip them a slip them a little something in the tea like Seriously. they'll go down in two seconds the uh the, they also like they seem to lack kind of basic military strategy I don't know why they sent all the battle droids out to like the middle of the forest. Uh, they had like a landing party go into Naboo or into feed like directly, but then they also had like half of the army land on the polar opposite side of the planet. Mm-hmm. Like I could see them, I could see them kind of like landing 
a bunch of armies like outside, like on the outskirts of the city to kind of create like a, a, a siege on right. feed. But like they, like Qui-Gon even says, I think like on the opposite side, we're on the opposite side of the planet. They have to take the boat like through the middle of the planet to get to. So like, why did they send half of their crew all the way out there? Makes no sense. Yeah. They also, at one point they capture Queen Amidala and new Gunner is like, ah, victory. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> Victory? Like, that was it? That's all you had to do? That, like, why did you send a whole ass army down here to capture one person? Right. Like, do some kind of tactical... You have a Sith, you have a Sith Lord at your disposal. Like, come on, man. Um, yeah, Qui-Gon is whack. I really hate that this movie spends so much time with Qui-Gon. I think he's, he's definitely mismanaged but I think I'm going to go with the Nemoidians. I think I'm going to do it. Uh, they are very, very incompetent. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's like the battle droids. It's a villain that just seems like they have absolutely no teeth to them. Uh, and that's, that's bad. Uh, so I got the number five seed advancing. Yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of hard for me to name the a character that has been the kind of protagonist and the and the the so on the quote-unquote hero of this film as kind of the worst because i just never have viewed him as unnecessary or even like reckless i think in my interpretation of him it's always just been that he he is so in tune with whatever we want to consider the force uh or at least he believes so much in the force that he is willing to take risks because he is allowing Jesus to take the wheel and he believes that Jesus is going to lead him to, to victory here. Um, so to me, it was kind of like he's using this, this knowledge base and this access to the force to really inform his decisions and that they are that informed decisions. Um, the Nemoidians are just, like as you said, incompetent and also just... They they show up almost too much, it feels like sometimes. It almost is like they're trying to hit us over the head with this stereotype that they're trying to embody. And that like just inherently, like the worst character is gonna be the one that is trying to oversell a stereotype, let alone a racist one. It, there's just such a messy, messy character in the Nemoidians that just make them unnecessary and and therefore the worst to me. So I agree with you. Um, Andrew. Well, who were you going to have in this matchup? I would have had Qui-Gon, honestly. I think he's the worst character in this movie. <laughs> uh, he, like Chris said, like my notes for him were just literally just like zero personality. He, he's so boring. Mm. And I guess the one thing tr- character trait they do assign to him is like, he doesn't follow the rules. Cause I think, uh, Obi-Wan mentions that to him that he could like be on the Jedi Council if he just followed the rules or something along those lines but he's like like he's not cunning or anything he's not interesting he's not witty hmm. he, he's just like he's very just like by the book but also doesn't follow the rules so it doesn't really <laughs> it's just it's so it's so boring. And do you guys think like, I was thinking about this. 
is he he's like kind of seen as like an iconic character right today like i mean he was in the end of well i don't want to spoil it but <laughs> in, uh the show but um is i i guess he's kind of seen as iconic but i guess just because he's like a jedi with a green lightsaber not because he has any like personality traits but I mean, anyway. up until this discussion, I always felt that he was iconic because I remember him being this kind of what you you both are kind of considering as, you know, boring or emotionless that I almost saw more on the stoic angle. Um, and maybe that was just my I don't me not reading so much into to Qui-Gon, but I always saw him as kind of the like the stoic risk taker who may not necessarily have a plan but is willing to do what it takes to make something happen and he's never going to overreact about decisions um so in that way i see that he can be perceived as like iconic but i think andrew you're also right like he's the first kind of jedi that we see who actually has some sort of like action lightsaber what you would think is badass about a jedi after having to watch the stick fight that is any other lightsaber battle in the original trilogy, right? So, like, when we finally see what Jedis are perceivably meant to be like, not old Obi-Wan and and stiff uh, Darth Vader, then you're like, okay, they're pretty iconic for being the first ones on the scene to us. I, I, always, I, I always thought he was kind of like a, like a Santa Claus, where he he like he always knows like Qui Gon always knows sure. like you might think you know but Qui Gon always knows uh, and I think I I preferred Qui Gon to uh, Obi Wan when I was um, when I was little because I felt like as a little kid he represents that kind of like magic mm. uh, and and he actually has a line when Anakin is strapping into the pod race and he says feel don't think. Uh, right, and I think in he, he's the anti Elsa, uh, <laughs> you know, like the culturally, I think a lot of times we try and like, oh, think before you act, you know, and like that act that is good advice. Please think before you act, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's that that uh, there's a, a romanticism about the way that like Qui Gon approaches uh, the Force, I mm. guess. But again, like, but like, it's like what you're saying. If he just had a, a somewhat different kind of like attitude, it would make sense. It would totally track uh, because there are so many great film characters that that are like that. You know, they they don't they don't play by the rules. Um, and and Qui Gon's just not not that guy. He's not that guy, pal. Um, not that guy. Like the uh, you know, I'm thinking of you know, like a like a western. You know, like a yeah. great or even like um like Mando. Uh, from the Mandalorian, you know, like he, like he is a stoic character and he uh, doesn't play by the rules, but also sort of play by the rules. But like, you know, w- w- what's the difference? Not boring. Uh, so, so yeah, I, yes, I do think it generally people like Qui-Gon Jinn. All right, let's move on to this next matchup. It's the number two Anakin Skywalker versus the number 10 Fode and Bede. And this is an easy one for me. It's got, I think it's Anakin. I, I just don't, there's something about the way Anakin acts. And maybe this is just my issue with this kind of character. The kid that acts like the know-it-all. I'm not too into that character, just across the board. And so with when you have somebody like Anakin, who is, you know, this, this 
super smart, uh, knows how to fiddle with gadgets, is building C-3PO, is, knows how to build his own pod, is willing to race, and he's nine, and he's going up against the adults, and he he knows what's right, uh, and his mom doesn't, and he, you know, I just, I'm not too convinced on it, and that's what, like, I never thought about this film as being towards kids, but this just keeps reinforcing that, right? Like, if kids can see themselves as Anakin and believe and have the confidence of Anakin, like, it's that whole thing, but it's his, it's the the lines they wrote for him are just so over the top cheesy. Uh, his, the way that he reacts in the film is like over exaggerated or like he's reading directly off the script. I referenced the yippee last time. Um, his, his bark at Padme for calling him a slave, which is like commendable would go off, but at the same time was like really aggressive. And every time they cut to him where he doesn't have an, a line, it's almost like George was like, look confused. And Anakin uh, is like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Like, all right, let's let's tone it down. Um, also, it just feels like he is that kind of I always I thought of him a little bit like a Charlie Calvin from Santa Claus, where he's like he there knows is. just enough, um, but also wants they still want him to like come off as a kid. So like when they're on the ship and he's sitting there and like this kid has built a droid, right? From essentially scratch. And he's sitting there on the ship and he's like, I'm cold. <laughs> it's like, well, go figure this one out, Anakin. Go figure it out. This is you. You are the one that really got everyone here. So go ahead and, and ask for a blanket instead of sitting there in the corner pouting. Uh, I just I have an issue with him. He bugs me. Like I said, Foden Bead, I didn't really realize that they impeded on anything. They have they fall into that trope that Andrew brought in last time. Like all of these sports movies have the PA announcer who is doing the play by play when they shouldn't be doing the play by play, but it's for the movie audience to get into it. And it happens in almost like every baseball movie specifically, where like the PA announcer does quite literally nothing during the game uh, gameplay. But in baseball movies, they are calling the action over the system. Uh, similar, similar situation here. So I just see them as like a side character that falls into the trope that every other film does. But Anakin just bugs the hell out of me. So I think he's the worst. I'm going to pass him on. Number two. The other stereotype that Fode and Bede kind of fit into is that like the, the commentator is, is like goofy. Right, uh, yeah, performer. All, all of those, all of those, yeah, all of those movies and moments you're talking about, like the 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 play by play or the commentary characters, like a another comic relief character, like sure, uh, yeah. I'm thinking about uh, dodgeball when they're like, oh, you know, they're always dropping the little funny. Obviously, like that's like a of comedy movie, um, yeah. but even even kids movies the baseball movies you're talking about rookie of the year john candy is like the the guy or um a bob league of Uker. their own like the, the yeah 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 bob, yeah, yeah. bob Uker in uh, major league yeah yeah and so so they definitely also kind of like uh, feed into that element of the the sports movie stereotype now um i i'm with you on anakin in this matchup no. i think the 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 thing that does it for me is the way that Anakin finds himself in the final battle. <laughs> uh, Anakin is the one who who destroys the 
mothership or whatever it's called uh, and and kills the droid army or I don't know, disables them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Anakin falls completely ass backwards into the situation <laughs> yeah. uh, where he's like, he's like waiting inside of the cockpit of a ship uh, to wait until like the coast is clear or something. Uh, and then he like accidentally hits a button and is like, oh, oops, like what? Where are we going? <laughs> well, and then like R2 D2. Right. R2 D2 like starts flying the ship. He's like, oh, where are we going? Like Qui-Gon told us we have to stay here. Like what? Uh, and then like all of a sudden he's saving the day. Like that's not, that's not a, a good way to like resolve your movie. Like a hero needs to overcome something. And Andrew called it out in the pod racing scene uh, in, in the, the, relationship with Sebulba where it's like, uh, why did Sebulba have to be a cheater? And like Anakin beats Sebulba because, uh, Sebulba tried to cheat, uh, and got what's coming to him. Like, why couldn't you make Anakin a uh, display like a moment of heroism? And it's like the same thing happens, uh, with the finale of the movie. He just happens to find himself in a situation, uh, and hits the button at the <laughs> right moment because he just thought, thought of it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I got the number two Anakin moving to the final four. Andrew, do you agree with that one? Yeah, I think you have to go with Anakin here. He's just, even though I said I like him, I mean, a part of me is like we were seven when this movie, or I was seven when this movie came out. So I really identified with Anakin and I probably was Anakin. I think I was pretty annoying at that age. So <laughs> I, I I have to go, but uh, like I said, I said I like Anakin, but I just think he just he doesn't display enough traits to make you think this is Darth Vader. And again, he's supposed to be a little kid, so but he he has to, you know, there has to be something. They should have done a little bit more with him missing his mom, mm, I think. Yeah. Even just a scene at the end when they're in the cel- they're they're doing that big celebration, the last scene. Like maybe he has like, I don't know if they, do they have pictures in Star Wars? Uh, But (laughs) he's like looking at a picture or he's like remembering her. It's just, there's nothing. He's kind of says he's sad or like, and misses his mom uh, to the Jedi council, but then he doesn't, and they don't follow, they don't really like hammer it home. Yeah. Like not a great character. All right. Last matchup of the round of eight. It's the number three Queen Amidala versus number 11 Sebulba. Uh, absolutely Queen Amidala with this one. Uh, you know, it starts with the convoluted decoy uh, element where you're not really sure uh, who it is. Uh, it, on first watch, on first watch, like you just trust the movie, right? Because the movie's supposed to like play, play all of the cards, right? Like <laughs> I've said this before, like if there's one thing I hate, is when a movie like tries to juke me, uh, <laughs> right? And when a movie tries to like purposefully fool me, like I hate that. It just feels <laughs> like a waste of my time and attention. When I was like, "Oh, gotcha!" Like you thought that that was a character, and it's like, "Yes, I did," because the movie made it seem like it was. Yeah. So uh, w- what was I supposed to think? Uh, and like that's how and movies like this is how we got to where we are today with like conspiracy theory. Uh, they call it, what do they call them? Like there's a name for it now. Theory shows. Oh, it's a theory show. It's a, it's a show that like inspires you to like create a theory. For, like that's not a real thing. Like there's <laughs> an excuse for like a stupid story. Uh, and, and like one that purposefully conceals information for the element of surprise at the end. Like that's a, that is a waste of time. Anyways, sure. 
I'll get off my soapbox there. <laughs> uh, but it, it 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 ends with just like uh just like the Nemoidians having like poor kind of like political gameplay. Uh, the the way that she just completely. Uh, sells out to to Palpatine when he's like, I think we got to do a vote of no confidence. And she's like, okay, well, I guess we got to do a vote of no confidence. Uh-huh. No discussion whatsoever. I think that's another thing where it was supposed to be like a shock moment when she said it, but uh, really, really annoying. And like, then, then on rewatch, we have to say, was that Queen Amidala or was that Padme? Did they like get together and like talk about how they were going to do it. Cause it seemed like kind of improvised in the moment. Like, yeah. Did she have to clear that with her beforehand? <laughs> I don't, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, it's queen Amidala advance. Yeah, for sure. For all of those reasons. I just don't think that she's a very good character, uh, in the way that she's written. And then also the way that they kind of forced her to be portrayed. She's not interesting. Uh, she, it's almost like they wanted her to be mysterious so that they could pull off the bait and switch. But at the end of the day, like it all just feels unnecessary. It's like they're trying to do too much with that character. And when you're trying to do too much with a character that you're trying to make kind of a, a central role, you get people that that bail out on the entire concept like you, Chris. Like at the end of the day, you're like, no, not convincing. Like it just it felt unnecessary. It felt like a puzzle within a grander puzzle that we didn't need to go through. Uh, so I agree with you. Amidala moves on. Andrew what do you think? I agree. I, I I'll get more into Amidala, Queen Amidala, I think, in the next round. But I uh, one thing I do like about her as uh, someone who kind of has a monotone voice, I do like that she's monotone. So really? that, <laughs> that that makes me a little bit happier that that's I'm a not lawyer bothered. in you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, she's 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 pretty bad um and Sebulba is just not in enough of the movie to overcome how central of a role Amidala has so I'll go with her I'll agree with you guys which uh character or characters you're gonna go to the final here it's the uh eight battle droids versus the number five Nemoidians and I'm standing standing strong Nemoidians baby I just mm. think that they're just so there's just such a stupid character that didn't need to be written the way that they are they are dumb in the film uh, and they just feel like a some there. It just feels like someone got their hands on a on agenda that they wanted to push through uh, about Eastern Asians. And I hate it. It, it just feels gross. Uh, so just as a concept, the Nemodians suck. They are the worst. I'm moving them on here. Here's a question. Uh, why does the Trade Federation need an army? <laughs> I know. Uh, this is, I hope this isn't like a dystopian vision of the future where like Amazon has an army, uh, that we've got, we've got Google bots, uh, out here, uh, Andro- Androidicas. <laughs> well, it's kind um, of like in, uh, you know, in the 16th century when countries would hire pirates to protect their trades, right? Like they would hire people to go and, and take down the other trade companies or other countries that are in their routes in order to protect their business. So it feels like a a kind of mirroring of that a little bit, but also like in this, and this is supposed to be the very far away, but to us, it feels very futuristic. It's like, do the trade federations need armies? Jeff, Jeff Bezos army rise up right now against us. This drone delivery service. It's, 
It's going to be bad for us if that's the case. I think, like, obviously, both of these uh, villains, you, like, you've got the, the actual villains and the Moidians and, like, their, uh, their military voice, voice, military <laughs> force in the battle droids, um, both completely incompetent when they should be competent uh, for them to be compelling adversaries to our heroes. Uh, I think, though, I think I can explain away the battle droid incompetency easier than I can explain away the Nemoidian incompetency <laughs> because the, the Nemoidians, they like, like you said, Kyle, like how did they get to be in charge of this trade federation by being so stupid? Right. But the battle droids being like, kind of like janky as hell sort of makes sense because so many of the other armies we see in star Wars the clone troopers, the stormtroopers, the dark troopers, like all of these like major military outfits, like the purpose of those armies is like galactic takeover. Right. And like maybe the trade federation's goal is galactic takeover one day, but as of star Wars episode one and the events in this movie, all they're really trying to do is strong arm this one planet into signing this one treaty. So like, did they need like the most high quality military force that has ever been created? Probably not. Sure. Uh, this is like, this is like the DIY army of, uh, <laughs> of this galaxy right now, I guess. So I think, I think I will advance to the Nemoidians as well uh, and send the battle droids home uh, even though I stand by the idea that they're just, uh, you know, d- just totally, totally worthless. Andrew, do you think you would have done the same as me? Um, that that's a it's uh, a close call. I think ultimately, I yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, it's kind of a tie for me. I hate both characters <laughs> or both groups of characters, but I guess the 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 overarching like casual racism towards Asians is pushes me over the top and saying they're the, the neo Modians are the worst characters. We, we got to do a super cut of all of us trying to say Nemoidians <laughs> yeah, uh, over these last two episodes. <laughs> no, for real. So bad at it. Uh, who, who, who will meet the nematodes in the finals? <laughs> it is the number two seed Anakin Skywalker versus number three three queen amidala and it's base it's it's definitely queen amidala uh yeah. just just so boring uh and such a waste of screen time in general uh hate that we tried to get got by uh, the star wars narrative uh anakin annoying as a kid but i think i'll go back to what i said in the first round uh it, pretty accurate de- depiction of, of a child in general uh so i think that's uh, that's what keeps him from from making it all the way to the finals for me yeah yeah, I yeah, kids are the worst, but also Queen Amidala is the worst Star Wars character in this matchup. For sure. It, it feels like what I said last time where they're trying to have this kind of mysterious leader who is double timing us the audience while the other actual villain is double timing them in real time, right? With Palpatine and so it's like they're they're just trying too many things at once. That's the theme of episode one, trying too many things at once. And Amidala is one of those, at least Anakin 
kind of continues this trajectory of this like overconfident kid throughout uh, and that gets him into some trouble later on, obviously. Uh, but I think Amidala and the, and the role that she plays in this film is definitely a worse character. So I agree with you, Chris. Amidala, Amidala to the finals. Uh, Andrew, is this, the, is this who you'd have put up against Finding Nemo in the, in the finals here? <laughs> yeah, you have to go with Amidala. Um, some positive things I noted about her, though, that I think we should mention. Her outfits are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> the wardrobe's awesome. Um, I guess I-, I was reading like some Star Wars Wikipedia and I guess they said like that's what they do in Naboo. The queen dresses up like that. Hmm. Um, she's also anti-war, which is kind of cool. Shout out. Um, and do I have anything else? No, I don't. So <laughs> she's um, and, and so we are distinguishing her from Padme, right? So right. I, I do like the Padme character a lot more in case anyone's like mad yes. or we haven't yes. brought up Padme because she's, she's cool. I, I like her. I like Padme in this movie compared to the sequels, uh, mm. but to episode two and three, because she's actually like fierce and like a warrior. And then in the, the next movie, she's just evolved into like a, she's just like Anakin's like, uh, like sputtering, like crying side piece. Right. Whereas she's actually kind of like fierce. So shout out to Padme. But yeah, Amadala is really bad. So yeah. <laughs> I, I would go with her. Which brings us to the finals. Number five, Nemoidians versus number three, Queen Amadala. And Chris, I'm going to go with Amadala. I think that hmm. the, the reason I'm doing that is because there's such an emphasis and focus on Amadala as a character, as a power figure, and as a decision maker in this film, uh, it feels like the Nemoidians are are viewed as are are seen as pawns from the top. Like we know that they're they're lead, like they're supposed to be this powerful group, but like in this, essentially they're pawns against what is good, and we as the audience can kind of recognize that. But Queen Amidala is also presented to us as like someone who is going to be fierce and powerful for for the good and we just don't get that in fact we don't get who she really even is <laughs> because they're constantly switching on us and confusing us and we want to fall more in love with padme than we do want a, a queen amidala because we get that fierceness out of padme and when she can be her true self but with queen Ma- queen amidala and her her wardrobe and how she's so distinct from everyone else in power that we see, we just don't get anything out of that. And maybe that's a commentary on like, you know, dress leaders dressing up, putting on face for the sake of politics and that the real battle is happening on the ground and what you believe in and blah, 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 blah. But like in this film, it feels like we should get a little bit more out of this figure that is given to us as this kind of queen character. It feels very similar to like, they almost wanted to do what they did with Princess Leia in the trilogy where it's like, you know, she's out here getting the job done as Princess Leia. And we all recognize that. But Queen Amidala has to go into disguise and be take on a different persona. And then it just doesn't make any sense. So the Numoidians are just awful for their obvious racist overtones and the fact that they're this incompetent group. But they have to be incompetent to play the part of the pawn. 
And so that makes sense for the character. But Queen Amidala, you just want more out of her. You don't. And then it just ties in this unnecessary confusion. So I'm crowning number three. <laughs> I'm crowning the queen uh, the worst episode one character. I'm really glad that these two are have met each other in the finals. I think if I close my eyes and picture Star Wars episode one bad, <laughs> I picture these two talking to Queen Amidala. Like that is just a perfect kind of like a, a conversation between these two characters is the perfect encapsulation of why this, this movie just does not work. Yeah. Uh, both of these characters like not only do stupid things, but they say stupid things. Uh, we, we've talked about the Nemoidians and the way that they are like, uh, you know, they must be dead. Destroy what's left of them. Another another one of my favorite Nemoidians lines. Uh, should we tell them about the missing Jedi? No, no sense telling him that until there's something to report or something like <laughs> no, that. He, like what? he, I wrote this down. He says this is the worst line <laughs> in the movie. He, they, or they say no need to report that to him until we have something to report. They say <laughs> to report twice in the same sentence is oh, like no. anyone who's ever written anything essay school essay whatever y- you know you don't use the same word twice in the <laughs> sentence it just doesn't work like it doesn't sound good structurally that would be like the police knowing that your kid is missing but being like let's not tell them they're missing until we find them dead right <laughs> <laughs> like 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 the jedi missed that that's the report that's that is the report what are you like what are you waiting for are you waiting to like find them again or like are you waiting for them to like destroy us like what are you waiting for they didn't even yeah you could have just said no need to report that to him until we have something good to say that right right, a right right the way it I mean, they just make the characters so stupid. Uh, Queen Amidala has a couple of uh, golden, golden uh, lines and moments as well. Uh, when the very beginning of the movie, when the communications go out in uh, in in Deed or Naboo or whatever, and Sio Bibble's like, "Oh, the communications are down." That means one thing: war. <laughs> And uh, everyone's kind of everyone's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. Like, sure, sure. And then um, they say at at some point they say like that the the invasion has begun. Like the trade federation has landed. They're ascending upon the city, and they're they're trying to get Queen Amidala to like do something. I can't remember exactly what it is. And she says, "I will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war." Mm-hmm. Girl, Girl, the war has started. Yeah, you're They're in a here. war. <laughs> They're here. You are in a war. Uh, welcome to the Star Wars. You're in it. Love that moment. Uh, and also just th- th- this is the absolute peak for Queen Amidala is uh, telling everyone on the spaceship that R2-D2 deserves our gratitude yeah. uh, for <laughs> For doing the thing that he was on the spaceship to do. Yeah. I think about like someone going to one of those like robot arm coffee vending machines where the robot arm like makes your coffee mm-hmm. and then being like, I, we got to tip this guy. This is a great cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's drop him a five in there. My, my, my uh, compliments to the chef. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. robot barista. Like R2-D2 does not 
need your gratitude. I don't think he can process your gratitude. Yeah. Uh, Queen Amidala, you are ridiculous. <laughs> so this is a very, very tough matchup for me. Uh, and honestly, I think I'm going to go with the Nemoidians. Oh, there it is. Here uh, we go. I, I know that it's crazy, but the but Kyle, the reason you said Queen Amidala is bad is because like you don't even know who she is. Like, yeah. like what what character is this? When you say Queen Amidala, like who are you even talking about? Are you talking about Padme? Are you talking about Queen? Are you talking about Dequay? Like, like who even is Queen Amidala? Like, I understand that argument and like that making someone a worse character, but at the same time, like that it the lines are blurry, so it's like you know, who, who we, who is Queen Amidala? So can we even crown her the worst <laughs> character? Because like, she also has elements of Padme in her maybe. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to let her off the hook, uh, that easily. So I'm going to give it to the Nemoidians. Uh, I think that they're just, they're just awful. And I think that the, I think that the movie could work without the Nemoidians. I think you could just move everything up one peg and Chancellor Palpatine was at the, the middle. And like he's the one who like behind the scenes has ordered all the trade federations of, I don't know. Uh, like he could have direct command over everything that's happening, but you remove Queen Amidala from everything and it, and it kind of comes loose. So Andrew, this tie break is going to you. Oh, this is tough. Um, so one thing about Queen Amidala I have to mention, and it kind of just defines her lack of character. I feel like her character was almost just based on her wardrobes. So there, there's there's a scene where uh, when the <clears throat> they're invading Naboo, it's towards the beginning of the movie, they're invading Naboo, she's kind of looking out the window and she's wearing like red, a red wardrobe, and then the next scene is like her walking with the Nemoidians and she's like under arrest, like surrendering. And she's in like a black, she's now in like a black wardrobe. So mm-hmm. like she just like saw that they were getting invaded and then changed her wardrobe. I must, it's just like a continuity <laughs> mistake, but you know, it's just like sums up her character. It's all about, I, I think the wardrobes, like I said, are cool, but yeah, it's she, she doesn't, she's not interesting like her big speech in front of the senate like she's just getting manipulated by palpatine so it's like is she supposed to be like dumb and naive what why is she getting manip- he's like clearly manipulating her but she doesn't she kind of just like goes along with it right so i don't know why they didn't make her like kind of like more intelligent like i mean padme she's supposed to be padme I think in some scenes, but and Padme is supposed to be like smarter. I I don't know. It's so confusing. <laughs> like when you were talking about Amidala, like congratulating uh, R two D two, Chris was that was that Kira Knightley or was that Natalie Portman? <laughs> no, no, because 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 Padme was the one who Queen Amidala was like, Padme, please clean up this droid. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was it's like, wait, it's like, wait a sec. <laughs> wait wait a second. Why are we why are we telling the queen to go clean up the dirty <laughs> right. droid? Like <laughs> Yeah, and then she gets to the jungle or they get to the jungle in Naboo and they're trying to convince Boss Nass to like fight with them. And the scene lasts like 20 seconds, like 
uh, Kira Knightley as Queen Amadala is like kind of like trying to barter with them, convince him to help them. And then within 20 seconds, like Padme is saying, no, I'm the real queen. And you're just like, it's so confusing. <laughs> and like they, they kind of go hand, she goes hand in hand with the Nemordians because the worst scene in this movie is when they're in the throne room and Kira Knightley shows up as Amidala to be a distraction. And the Nemordian goes, oh, this is a decoy talking about Padme. So it like <laughs> confuses, I, I mentioned this last week, but it confuses you even more. So yeah. it's like, what? I I hate, I've always hated that part of this movie. Reaches so, into the armrests and brings out the yeah. guns out of the armrests. Yeah. Uh, armrests. And I do, I forgot to mention in our like, just missed the cut. The, these are two of my, the worst characters or actually two of my favorite characters. When they say like, close the blast doors and two guys run <laughs> and like touch the, one touches the door first and it starts to close. But there's the other guy who's like a second late still <laughs> touching it. I always found that really funny, even as a kid that, uh, they, they had two people run over there. Um, so, but ultimately, uh, I do have to go with Amidala as the worst character just because of the confusion behind it and the the choices like not making her intelligent but making Padme intelligent it just it just doesn't make any sense when you when you think about it and like ultimately when you have she's I mean it's Natalie Portman playing her like she's a big character so you kind of have to like know what you're doing with her and I just, I, I just think those scenes really take me out of the movie. Those were the scenes you, you mentioned, like fast forwarding through scenes, Kyle, last week, like that. The her scenes where she's talking, like that's an automatic <laughs> skip forward, honestly. Especially when you've seen it, you're like, I don't care because I don't know yeah. who this is. All right, let's move, let's move forward. It, yeah, and it's so boring. Like, wh- why are they trying to make like a political drama? Who cares? like it's just like the movie doesn't really know what it wants to be it's like there's really like boring scenes but again they don't last very long Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of why it's uh it's not as bad to me as the episodes two and three but okay all right the queen has her crown we have done it the worst star wars episode one phantom menace character is Number three seed, Queen Amidala. And as we do at the end of every bracket, we're going to clap it out. There it is, Chris. We're back into the Star Wars hey. realm. We've we've done it. We've traversed the galaxy to find the worst of the episode one characters. And that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that. And it wasn't Jar Jar. Yeah, I, I'm somewhat shocked, but very, very surprised. <laughs> uh, wow. I'm shocked, but surprised. I'm very shocked, but pleasantly surprised. Sure. Uh, and I'm, ha- I'm happy with the outcome. Uh, th- this this character was a mess, and, and all of these characters at the end of the day were a mess. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> thank you so much for, for helping us break it down. Uh, all those late-night Star Wars discussions, you know, they finally paid off. <laughs> uh, and this is, this is a nice way to, uh, to, to put it on document, though, yeah. uh, as Andre says. Yeah, let's never discuss this movie again with each other. (laughs)
That does it for another episode of Mouse Madness. Uh, you got something to say about the Star Wars characters? Do you have something to say about Disney characters, Marvel characters? Do you have a, a really bad character that you just do not like that you would love to let us know about? Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level where you'll have access to things like our Jerry's Gang trivia that comes out every season and as Kyle said at the beginning this of this Sunday. episode, has some amazing prizes. This it's happening this Sunday. Get out here. You get two you get two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month where we talk about non-bracket related things, things like our Disney resolutions of 2023. Things like the people we hate at Disneyland. <laughs> uh, thing and, and you know, this year we're recapping everything that is the Disney 100th anniversary. Uh, and so so please join us on Patreon. It's a fun time. Till next bracket, folks. I hope we end up back in the Disney universe soon. Uh, but until we do, <laughs> may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>